Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus and time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week? Let's talk a little Miles Sanders this week, shall we? Oh, we shall. Um, You know, he told us not to draft him in the offseason, and a lot of us did not draft him in the offseason. Um, he turned out to be, you know, pretty good for most of the season, surprisingly. Uh, and then, of course, when we all needed him most, uh, he was RB66 <laughs> on the week with 1.4 half PPR points. Uh, he unfortunately lost a fumble. Um, which on his only catch of the day, which uh, cost him a 13 yard loss. So it kind of just screwed um, whatever production he did have uh, on the ground. So it's pretty ugly for those people that were uh, counting on Miles Sanders with running back as ugly as it is um, to have, you know, a clear RB one in there um, and to have him put up 1.4 half PPR points as RB 66. Uh, not great. Just brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. He told us not to trap. Maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he knew he would lay an egg in the fantasy playoffs for us. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. D- dang it, Miles Sanders. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, as always, Jen Akins, Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. It's been, uh, I mean, it's been a wonderful week like so far. I'm, I don't know about y'all, but I am exhausted after the weekend of games. I mean, Saturday, uh, chilling out, like, just like a barn burner after barn burner. Uh, got to spend the weekend with our own uh, John Daigle, which was a, a ton of fun, like over the weekend for a little bit. He came over from Chicago, so we got to hang out. Uh, but five days out from Christmas, just a couple more weeks left of the fantasy season. Hopefully, most of the folks that are listening were able to advance in the playoffs. But no, happy to be able to talk ball with you guys for at least a couple more weeks. Uh, but Jen, how are you doing? I'm good. Similar. Uh, today, last day of school for my kid. So I officially mm-hmm. do not have to wake up at 6 a.m. for a couple weeks, which is uh, fan- fantastic. Uh, on a personal note, uh, I lost a playoff game by 1.12 points. Uh, oh. I had Green Bay D going last night, and I was so hoping that they would punch it in at the end, and then Baker would throw a pick, and then I would walk off with the win. Um, and that did not happen. Aaron Rodgers knelt like five times or whatever, and it was mm-hmm. over. And I lost by 1.12 points. And it was because, of course, of a last-minute swap that we all do. Um, I swapped out uh, Darren Waller for Dulcich, which was a horrible mistake, uh, a 12-point mistake that I would have won. So anyway, other than that, I'm good. Brandon, you? Uh, I lost uh, in our 4 for 4 Dynasty Staff League. Uh, I lost to our friend Jeff Hicks. Uh, mm. I got Zay jones uh, the only consolation is that uh, he beat me so badly that all my terrible lineup decisions, and I made at least three, uh, didn't end up mattering anyway. So those at least are so much that. better than yes. losing by one point, like me, like because oh, it was literally a decision. That. Yeah, yeah. He had Hurts and Zay Jones, and I, I didn't have a bad week. Matter. And I'm looking, and that happened. I'm just like, oh well. At least I can stop watching the score. So that's always the good thing. Uh, as a reminder, this is our weekly streaming episode where we'll emphasize hot pickups for the primary streaming positions. That's quarterback, tight end, kicker, and team defense. Chris, it, lots going to be on you this week, man, because we lost a, a a quarterback who is probably a mainstay in people's fantasy lineups uh, in the fantasy Fine. playoffs. So, yeah, we're going to need you. But uh, let's go over last week real quick. Sleeper streamer of the week was Brock Purdy, 14th. Pretty good, Chris. 
Uh, pretty good move there. Uh, Brock Purdy, 14th. Ryan Tannehill, 23rd. Matt Ryan, 24th. Mike White uh, is an incomplete, but Zachary Zach was ninth. So I'll give you a half a point for that. And Andy Dalton was 16th. So not bad overall, Chris. Mm -hmm. uh, tight ends. Uh, Akonkwu was 16th. Tyler Conklin, 48th. And I'm that had to drive you crazy to see CJ Uzoma get catch two touchdowns, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> But if you listen to Jed and you played one of the New Orleans tight ends, you did pretty good because Juwan Johnson was second with a pair of touchdowns himself and Taysom Hill 13th with a very fun, uh, just strange, unusual, long touchdown pass. Just fun to see that happen out of nowhere. Kickers, Jake Elliott let you down again. Kicker uh, 22, Greg Joseph, kicker 16th, Will Lutz, kicker 29, Mason Crosby, kicker 18. A rare off week for you. On, I told kicker. you all it was a bad mm -hmm. week. It was mm -hmm. full preface before we even started. So You it did. It's true. Uh, on the right side, uh, I was even worse with defenses. I liked the Washington Commanders. I should have taken the Giants on that, on that side of that game. Uh, I liked the Panthers. Those two tied for last. Saints tied for 15th weren't bad. And then uh, everybody liked the Packers tied for sixth. I'm not going to claim any credit for that because everybody screamed from the rafters to use the Packers. So no bye weeks once again. Uh, playoffs. So hopefully you're not having to stream too much <laughs> at this point. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we will still have, have you covered if you are streaming. We're going to start with our top quarterback streamer, as always, our sleeper streamer of the week. Chris, which quarterback is your number one sleeper streamer for week 16? So I'm going with Brock Purdy for this week against the commanders because uh, they are going to be at home like this week. And, but I, I guess he is my top streamer of the week. Let's get the, let's get the Gardner Minshew uh, conversation out of the way first. Uh, Cause I do want to mention that because he was not in my article for this week. Let's uh, so I, I did want to go ahead and at least like put it out there that if you are debating between Gardner Minshew, like and Brock Purdy uh, while he, Purdy is my number one streamer of the week. I do think that Minshew probably does have like the, the higher upside because of the rushing component that's come with uh, Gardner Minshew like in the past. Uh, I won't say that he, he definitely doesn't bring the same upside that Jalen Hurts does. Uh, can he scamper for uh, a few yards here and there? Like absolutely. But those like third and ones, fourth and ones, uh, what did they call it? I think on the broadcast with the tush push that I think I've heard broadcasters call that for Jalen Hurts. Uh, I don't think that that's, that same upside is going to be there like for Minshew. But can, in the hold, past, hold on. can we change the Festivus this week to tush push? Can we please I think change I've that? heard that on the broadcast. I didn't just make that up. Like I think I've heard that on the broadcast. That's it's terrible. Like, that's terrible. Yeah. I'm out on that. <laughs> I know. I didn't, hey, I didn't make it up. I'm just saying I heard it on the broadcast. Uh, but in his two starts like uh, last season, so he went up against the Jets and then coincidentally, uh, he played against Dallas in week. He was like 17, 18, if I remember correctly. But I mean, two two passing touchdowns across both, uh, like five to uh, five to seven, like rushing attempts across both. So it's just he brings that that hybrid uh, the mobility and also the passing acumen that we would want, like out of a out of a, um, a like a streaming starter for at the quarterback position. I think the biggest thing, though is can they do it against Dallas? Now, overall, we've thought that the Cowboys, towards the top end in terms of like uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position, they are one of the defenses you don't want to go against. But now, since the injuries have started to pile up, both at their second corner, so the one that typically plays across like uh, Trayvon Diggs, but then also their interior line. I mean, we just watched Travis Etienne gash them uh, this past weekend. I do think that there's a way for their running game. So with Miles Sanders, even though everybody hates him after last week, that can keep the offense going. And then, of course, if you have multiple pass catchers like Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, and, of course, Dallas Goddard being activated uh, for his uh, for this game as well, assuming he gets back in this week, I, mean, 
I do think that there's an easier way to tell yourself a story that with the mobility that's there, Gardner Minshew has at least the higher upside in what we expect to be a more competitive matchup. Whereas with the 49ers going against the commanders, I mean, not so much. I do think that uh, Purdy at least can be efficient with the ball. We've seen so far, like over the past couple of weeks, he actually has like nearly half of his yardage is created like after the catch. I mean, almost like over 200 of his 400 yards have been created like after the catch, which is fine. I mean, for the 49ers, that's essentially like a, a feature, not a bug of the of San Francisco's offense. So I'm not that's not a knock against Purdy. It's just more of the volatility that would come with the receivers not being able to be like wide open like we saw for George Kittle and things of that nature uh, for this past week. So Purdy at home against Commanders, top streamer of the week. But if you are debating between him and Minshew, since now Minshew's become like available for this week, I would lean in that direction. And I think John Paulson, uh, our own uh, here at 444, does have them ranked in the same way. So we do what we are aligned in that in that regard. Uh, but yeah, Purdy number one. But if you can get to Minshew, I would do that. Excellent, excellent. Brock Purdy, you know, the the eye movement, the progressions are just just wildly impressive for a rookie. Like, uh, oh, you yeah. know, doing stuff that, uh, you know, those things that help you overcome a lack of arm talent. Not that he can't throw, but I don't think he'd be in the upper echelon of, of as far as like arm talent is concerned, but yeah, just fun to see the, that kid emerging. I keep rooting for him. Uh, don't forget sleepers, the fastest growing fantasy platform with excellent custom settings for fantasy commissioners, including dynasty redraft IDP, you name it, uh, easily accessible, wildly mobile friendly. So go download the app, join or start a league today and go get you some Brock Purdy. Uh, Chris, I'm sure you've got more quarterbacks for us. Would you care to share? Yeah, a couple others. Uh, so Zach Wilson, so they know they play on Thursday night. And while I do have him uh, listed as a streamer, my biggest concern right now for the Jets-Jaguars game on Thursday night is the the weather, uh, surprisingly enough. Uh, there's supposed to be heavy rainfall uh, in the East Rutherford, like New Jersey area for, for Thursday night. So uh, Pulse and I, we've been talking about that like for the like for the last like day or so about how bad it's going to be. So you will see updates in the projections as we start to figure things out uh we are still i mean a couple of days out as of right now so if things change that might alter my thoughts like towards zach wilson but outside of like just the mind-boggling picks that he threw from a clean pocket without any pressure in his face against detroit on sunday i mean he didn't look too terrible i mean overall uh, New York still had like a similar passing rate for what they had or for Mike White, which is about like negative one, negative two passing uh, pass rate, like over expectation, which is fine. Uh, but still they were, I mean, and they were still averaging about 33 yards per drive, which is again, okay. And that was with Zonovan Knight, not really being a huge factor in the running game. So it was mostly on Zach Wilson's shoulder, like even though it was really uh, on his receivers to fight through coverage as Wilson would loft the ball up there for anybody to go up there and pick. But uh, Wilson still passed on 60% of the plays like while they're inside the 20 yard line. So the touchdown upside is there for Wilson and against the Jaguars. I mean, we saw Dak outside of the couple of picks and of course the game ceiling interception that he threw, I mean, still being able to have an efficient day like against the Jaguars. And we've seen, I mean, other passers that at least within the top 12, I mean, Lamar Jackson like got there as well, like in the, uh, like that was like four to uh, four or five weeks ago. I mean, other QB1, uh, QB1 passers have performed well against them. So if we like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, I mean, CJ Uzoma, not Tyler Conklin. Sorry, Jen. Uh, but with Corey, uh, Corey Davis also expected back for this matchup as well. I, all that value that we would like for uh, for the Jets kind of intersects at Zach Wilson. So he's not a bad starter like for week 16. 
Excellent. Yeah, Zachity Zach. Uh, you know, good to see him come back. Uh, I, I personally kind of rooting for Mike White, but we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, it certainly sounds yeah. like he's not going to be healthy this week, so we'll see Zachity Zach getting another chance. So, <laughs> yeah. who else you got for us, Chris? Uh, Tyler Huntley going against Atlanta. This is more about the matchup more so than than Huntley, since now that they're going to be down, what Devin Duvernay is supposed to be out. Uh, wound up picking up Sammy Watkins instead. So, just the passing game and the passing options are just we don't care about any of them. But still, Atlanta's still been giving up like 37.3 like uh, yards per drive like over the past like few weeks, and that's with AJ Terrell back in the lineup. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, at least when I saw the opening line, uh, this was like Sunday afternoon. I mean, I think they opened as six and a half point favorites. So Huntley's still rushing. We can still see him like at least dink and dunk his way down uh, down the field against what we know to be a porous Atlanta defense. I mean, I, I can say that without having, if Lamar's not in the lineup, because I think right now he's listed as questionable, which is kind of odd, even though he missed practice today. I think Huntley is at least a serviceable option, like with just the rushing upside that he tends to bring. Excellent. Uh, I cannot start Tyler Huntley because uh, he let me down last week, and now I'm out of the playoffs. So, yeah. 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 But, but in, in that league. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me why we should trust Kenny Pickett, because, um, you know, coming off missing a game and he hasn't been great fantasy wise this year. I've been starting in my super flex league. I've been starting the likes of Christian Kirk over him and things of that sort. Uh, Kenny Pickett, what do you like about him this week? More about the matchup than anything else. I mean, last week, despite the fact that the Patriots, I mean, they looked awful on offense. I mean, Mac Jones, I looked like he was about to start a fight, like with pretty much like everybody else, like on the, on the sidelines with him outside of Bill Belichick just over 100 yards passing on the day, which was horrendous. But the positive thing to take away that I took like from uh, their from their matchup against the Raiders, didn't take any sacks. I mean, the Raiders, like despite the fact that Max Crosby has still been playing like quite well, I mean, they weren't able to have their pressure get home like to the quarterback, which I think bodes well for somebody like Kenny Pickett in his first game back. And we know that uh, at least mobile quarterbacks in the past, like they have been able to get through like the Raiders defense, either that or quick game concepts, which we know that Kenny Pickett can do like with guys like Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, like alongside him. So while I have seen, while we have seen not as many targets going Pat Fryermuth's way, my assumption is that the offense starts to revert back to the way that it was over the four weeks, like prior to like Pickett getting knocked out and against the Raiders, like right now, I mean, you know, they average under they have uh, the Pittsburgh rather they average about forty six point eight yards per drive like under Trubisky. I mean that's better than what Pickett has, but against the Raiders, I can st- they're right twenty seventh in adjusted fantasy points out of the quarterback position. I think Pickett's at least interesting. I mean worth mentioning against the Raiders. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Jen Pat Fryermuth, are you worried? You're my you're my uh, partner. You, me, and Justin Edwards, my my partner in Pat Fryermuth fandom. Are you worried? I mean. <clears throat> this is this is you know I mean yes but I'm worried about everybody tight end wise I'm worried about True. Mark Andrews I mean yeah. I'm worried about them all it's it's you know um, but I mean I I feel like he should I feel like Firemuth should benefit in this situation I mean usually you know historically the tight end does benefit um, with a you know younger less experienced or just not as good you know quarterback. Um, but I don't know, you know, like we said, it's all, they're all darts at this point. <laughs> all of them. Andrews, man, he got injured mid-season, just hasn't been the same. Just has not been the same since then. So if you're struggling at tight end this year, uh, this week, Jen, uh, who should listeners be going after? And is it a good week to have to stream tight end? Uh, 
I mean, it's as good, it's as good a week as any to stream tight end uh, this season. Uh, I can't, you know, I, I'd give it a six. You know, sure. um, that's that's the, high for tight end <laughs> on the on the tight end scale. I give it a six. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about Andrews, and you know, I'm actually I'm in a league, one of those guillotine leagues where wa- waivers are done after week 14. So we now have who we have, and we can't do anything about it. Um, and I'm actually, I have Goddard and I'm kind of, you know, I may put him in over Andrews this week. I don't know. Um, I also, I'm in a situation where I have hurts and, uh, I, I'm screwed. I mean, I have Tua. it's not like I have nobody, but you know, as much as we love Tua here on the podcast, uh, it's a downgrade. Let's, yeah, let's care- be careful, careful, Jen. Okay. Listen, <laughs> you, can't, you can't argue that the two is a downgrade from Hertz. I don't think look, anyone's going to argue that. Look, um, no, I, I, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. But let's get I, back. I, I agree. Yeah. So back to tight ends. I, I digressed a bit. Um, yeah. So first guy, uh, Chigakonkwo. I mean, we got to just stay with him, right? I mean, he's, he's tight end six right now in, in half PPR game since week 12. Uh, he's had at least five targets since week 12. Uh, per contest in each of the last four games. And, you know, the Texans are kind of in the middle of the pack. They're allowing 9.8 half PPR points per game, uh, adjusted fantasy points per game, I should say. So, you know, like I say, on a scale of six, he's he's the guy. Uh, he's, he's, you know, the best streamer of the week for the most part. Uh, and yeah, he, I'm sorry. And he's also uh, 29% rostered, I should say, against the Texans. I don't even know if I said that part, but he's been good. I'm actually surprised his roster ship is that low still. So yeah. And yeah. I mean, 29, I think a lot of people are maybe we're waiting it out to see if it was real. I mean, we're on, you know, we're on four straight weeks of at least five targets. And, you know, he's tight end six in that time frame. So you got to give him a, you know, you got to give him a look see. Um, it's frustrating for, you know, all the uh, all the Austin Hooper shares that I have in best ball uh, down the drain. Had we known that this was, you know, listen, this is as we've talked about, A is a very, you know, bad year for tight end, but a very weird year for rookie tight ends. Like they've actually made an impact for the, you know, the first time in a long time. Yeah. Um, usually there's maybe one will have a, a week or two, but, you know, we've had a few this season that have had a decent run. So anyway, um, number two, going back to the well again with Juwan Johnson uh, at Cleveland with a 21% roster ship. Juwan Johnson is a TD machine right now. He's had seven touchdowns since week seven. Um, including two weeks of multiple touchdowns. So, you know, his volume is not fantastic. I mean, he's averaging 4.75 targets a game in the last four, you know, games. I mean, for a tight end, I guess that's, it is what it is, right? Um, But there is upside there and he's available. So, you know, once again, if you want to throw a dart at Taysom Hill as well, in the hopes that he has a crazy play like he did last time, but I would think Juwan Johnson is at least a little bit more, a little bit more of a floor and uh, there is some upside there. So, that uh, third guy is uh, kind of a stab here. <laughs> um, it's a deep cut, but I'm going Noah Fant uh, at the Chiefs. He's 22% rostered. I know it's gross, but let's let's uh, hear me out for a sec. So week 14, he did absolutely nothing. But in weeks 12, 13, and 15, he scored two touchdowns. He averaged five targets and 36 yards. Uh, the difference here is no Tyler Lockett. So, you know, figure he's got to have maybe a little bit better of a role. Uh, coming in, we could see an uptick. Uh, you know, Kansas City's kind of in the middle of the pack as well uh, when it comes to defending tight ends. So, you know, it's not the sexiest pick, right? But Noah Fant is someone that could possibly at least get you to that next week uh, in the tight end department. 
I like it. I think if I'm remembering right, since the since Seattle's buy, he's actually had double the amount of Will Disley's targets, and he was the only tight end like with a red zone target, which was the only score that they had against the 49ers last week. I, I was curious, what do you guys think of Marquise Goodwin um, this week? You know, in a, in a game where the game script should be in favor. Yeah, I kind of think so too. As somebody that I, if you I mean, if you need to pick up a receiver, if you need, yeah, I would like to think that if you're making it to the next round of the playoffs, that you probably don't need Marquise Goodwin. But you know, if you had Lockett and you don't really have anybody else to stick in there, I mean, I know Chris Moore is a good one, but I think I read this afternoon that he's hurt too now. So, um, you know, I, I think Marquise Goodwin. I mean, he's had some pretty big games this season. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of no game, you know, nothing games too, but that's, you know, how it goes. I think he's got like a 60 ish percent, like slot rate. So he actually operates like Lockett on the field. So but absolutely fine. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Ricky, Ricky rocks wonders if it's okay to drop Jahan Dotson and pick up a defense to stream this week. Uh, you know, I would say it depends on your other receivers, but I don't have a problem with that. What do you think, Jen? Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's fine. Um, I do want to address the question up there with fun guy 2000. Uh, yeah. Are they they trolling you, Jen? No. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the literal decision that I had last week and screw it. Well, I just, I mean, I know Sal answered him that, that we do have Dulcich rates higher. I, I, I can't put Dulcich in a lineup, uh, this week. I mean, he's pretty much, listen, he had like one week. He just hasn't been consistent in any way shape or form and whether it's russell whether it's you know ripen it just doesn't matter i just don't think that um you know matchup aside like if it was me personal my team i would go waller um i know that you know our, our rankings person has a uh, dulcich higher apparently but um yeah me no i don't know do you guys i mean with Waller active and looking healthy last week, I would start him, but that's just me. Yeah, I just can't I can't count on, on anyone in the Denver offense, uh, let alone him anymore. Listen, he has fantastic hair, and he's had a great rookie season, um, and he's got a bright future in the NFL. But right now with this current coach, the current situation, the current offense, uh, yeah, I go Waller. Do you get points for the good hair? I mean, if you get points for the good hair, then we yeah, points for the good hair. We points, uh, points per hair well, shine listen, rate. Points per lock. Yeah, if we points get per points lock. per lock, then the Broncos tight end room would be at a at a you know at a like 150 <laughs> between him and Tomlinson. They have the same hair. So when he actually Tomlinson yeah. got in this weekend, and I was like, oh, I thought it was Dulcich, and then of course it was not. Right. Um, expected just, shine over over expectation yes, yes. yes. Saw the hair and i was thrilled creating um, new metrics for sam hoppin to to chart for us i think he i think he's got a tool already up for that yeah absolutely he better uh jen uh yeah. is it a good week to stream kickers this week after last week not being so unfortunately not i wish i had better oh. news for the for the kicker uh streamers out there we have another week of extremely low scoring in fact it's worse so last week there were 11 teams Uh, with implied team totals under 20 this week we have 14 that's nearly half the nfl has implied team totals under 20 points for the week that's gross yeah i mean that's just gross for everything um so especially for kicker you know team's not scoring points your kicker's not scoring points right because they don't get points for other stuff like other players do um but i found some i found some you know some decent ones in there for us uh number one Going back once again to Jason Sanders. Uh, he is playing at home against Green Bay. Uh, he is 18% rostered. Uh, Sanders are home favorites by four and a half at the moment, and they have the second imply second highest implied team total of the week at 27 points. Uh, he was actually perfect last week in a very tough uh, weather game in Buffalo. 
Um, we got warm, we got sunny, we got Florida. So Jason Sanders against Green Bay. He's my number one guy of the week. Uh, number two. I like hearing that, Jed. I like yeah. hearing these dolphins. I like it. Right? Uh, number two, once again, another guy that uh, he let us down last week, but we're back again. Greg Joseph at home in the dome. I know there's a lot of weather. You know, Chris talked about it earlier. A lot of weather, you know, concerns this weekend. Um, Greg Joseph versus the Giants is not one of those. Uh, at home in the dome, 20% uh, rostered. He was okay last week, but, you know, this week, once again, they're four and a half point favorites, just like Miami, uh, with a 27. Uh, oh, that doesn't seem right. 26. Oh, anyway, they have the third highest team applied total on the slate. I think I wrote the wrong thing down, but that's okay. Joseph has actually hit 10 straight field goals, and three of them have been north of 40 yards. So he's doing our, if he gets a chance, he's great. You know, yeah. it's just last week um, they were on the comeback trail, which was, you know, that was a crazy game. Um, and so he just didn't have a ton of opportunity. I think he scored seven points or something, which was fine. I mean, that's not horrible for fantasy, but it's not the big double digit stuff that we're after when we're streaming. So that's Greg Joseph. Number two, uh, number three, uh, is Chris Boswell, which is a name we don't see a lot in this. Um, once again, not a very sexy pick. However, uh, regardless of quarterback, you know, they are three point home favorites. They've got a 21.25 implied team tonal, not super high, but for this week, it's actually high. Um, you know, he's only 3% rostered. So these are in those large leagues. If you, you know, if, if you're struggling and you need someone, he's there, you know, they're playing Vegas at home. Um, I'm not sure what the weather's supposed to be like in Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, usually Pittsburgh plays better at home and, you know, maybe he'll, uh, help out your team a little bit. Um, I do have a fourth option here that, uh, will possibly be affected by weather, but I did want to throw him in there anyway, just in case. Uh, we have Riley Patterson uh, in New York. He's only 2% rostered. Uh, it's not a very good matchup in general. That game has become a pick 'em. Uh, when I originally wrote my article this morning, the Jags were a half point favorite. When I went to prepare for this pod this evening, it is now a pick 'em. So, and they only have a 19 implied team total. However, uh, Riley Patterson has actually put together two double digit fantasy weeks against difficult competitors in a row. So, here, you know, they played Dallas and I can't remember the other team they played right now off the top of my head. Either way, um, yeah, he put two, you know, two double digit fantasy points together against tough teams. So here we are again against the Jets. I mean, it's on the road. It's going to be cold. It's probably not the most fantastic, but if you're desperate, uh, I think he's okay. And then I'm going to throw in a fourth bonus or fifth bonus. I'm sorry. Oh, real, no, real I quick, like bonuses, Jen. Real, All right. real quick, just because of the, of the weather situation, I just wanted to throw one other guy out there and that is Ryan Suckup, who has not been fantastic. Uh, however, he does have a good matchup and they have a uh, pretty decent implied team total. If you give me one second, I'll find it because I didn't know I was going to throw this bonus in at you um, and I'm doing it now. So <laughs> let me just look at it real quick while I'm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Suckup is one of those guys that used to be solid. And then this season, he's kind of fallen off a bit. In fact, he's only 30 percent rostered. Uh, so, yeah, they're on the road in Arizona, so it, it won't be cold. Uh, they're six-and-a-half-point road favorites, and their projected uh, implied team total is 23.75. So suck-up is a decent option. I know Tampa Bay as a whole is not the easiest team to trust right now uh, offensively. So, you know, it is a gamble. But if you don't want to go with Patterson and you're in a league where those other guys aren't available, suck-up is an option. Excellent, excellent. I like it. I like it. I especially the Jason Sanders part. That 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 one I'm a big fan. And this Jags offense is just fun to kind of get on top of in general. They've been playing well and Trevor Lawrence has been playing well. And 
uh, Zay Jones, Jay Zay Jones, everybody last week. So uh, Saxophone Sunsets Media is in the playoffs. Uh, two flex spots is looking at Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, Brian Robinson, or Jahan Dotson. So two of those four. Uh, they're leaning Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, but they're worried about the weather in Cleveland. Uh, so Chris, since it's a, a at least a adjacent weather question, uh, what do you think about those four options? Where would you lean on those two? Uh, the non-Saints Cleveland options for sure. Uh, Cleveland, as of right now, is, is from what I saw earlier today, uh, max twenty-eight mile per wind, mile per hour winds, like in line with the stadium in Cleveland, and a negative eight degree temperature. So, and I think there's supposed to be a little bit of snow in there too, if I'm remembering right. But either way, those two portions, like the cold, which typically brings down like passing rates or passing volume overall, that's a study that I did back in like the 2018 timeframe. Uh, but then couple that with the high winds and I, I want no part like of, of that game at all. So I would probably lean towards uh, like Garrett Wilson if possible. Uh, but then Brian Robinson, like right after that. Robinson after that, that makes sense to me. And then uh, Jen Pina wants to know if they should start Tyler Huntley or Jarek McKinnon in their super flex spot. I always kind of, uh, I, I have a hard time not starting a quarterback in my super flex Same. spot, but you too. Yeah, it really, and it doesn't really matter who, I mean, unless it's like a real, real bottom of the barrel, but Tyler Huntley, I mean, as we talked about earlier in this show, you know, the weaponry is not fantastic. And uh, so, but I would probably still play Huntley over McKinnon. I mean, I think it also depends. Uh, oh, it is PPR, huh? And four points. I don't know. Chris, do you have, I mean, that seems you, you're, you know more about Huntley than I do as far as, do you have a preference there? Uh, to be quite honest, I, I could talk myself into using Jarek McKinnon like in uh, in this matchup against Seattle. Uh, pass catching running backs like going up against uh, going against Seattle have done like quite well. And with his workload, uh, like against like Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, we just watched what was it? The Panthers a couple of weeks ago. I mean, their longest run uh, between just the running backs. I think Sam Donald had like a 20 plus yard scamper or something like that. But uh, between Dr. Foreman and Schubert Hubbard, like their longest run was like 16 yards. And they still dropped 180 yards like on Seattle. So I think it'd be easy for either running back Pacheco or McKinnon to have like a good day. So while I think that Huntley, like traditionally, I would agree with you guys, like go quarterback like all the time. But like the team total for Kansas City, one of the best on the slate. Jared McKinnon has a solid workload alongside uh, Pacheco attached to Patrick Mahomes, getting the targets. But I, I would go McKinnon there. I'm okay, but Huntley's been burning me, so you could talk me into that pretty easily, Chris. Uh, we got some uh, Trevor Lawrence questions. So basically, uh, Chris, start with you. Where would you rank Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Jared Goff? How would you rank those three? I would probably go Goff, Lawrence, Jones. I think that's the way I would lean. Uh, my biggest concern with Trevor Lawrence right now, the weather aside, because there's a chance, I mean, there's always a chance that the weather changes, like by kickoff and all that. Uh, but there are, there's a chance they'll be without both their starting tackles in the game. Cam Robinson, like most likely for sure. Uh, the right tackle situation, I think, is uh, what they're still waiting to hear on for Thursday. So if they're going to be down both of those starting linemen, then I do have some concerns about that. Whereas with Goff, I mean, he, he I mean, he's protected uh, unless they're going to have like Panay Sewell, like go out on another route again and catch passes. <laughs> very, very interesting. I, I kind of like Daniel Jones to, to be honest this week. I just Minnesota, you can score against Minnesota. So um, mm -hmm. I might, I might kind of give a little preference there personally. That's uh, fair. 
Jen, Daniel Keenan wants to know. Uh, nope, that we already answered that question. Saxophone <laughs> Sunsets, Juwan Johnson or Oko? What do you think? Um, uh, well, I mean, I they're they were both they're both streaming. Sorry, Luis is uh, slacking me right now, and it's blowing up my thing. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, they, you know, they were both in my as as streamers. I mean, I had a conquo over Juwan Johnson. I would probably stick with that just based on the weather, like you said. Um, but Juwan is is a touchdown, you know, machine. So, um, yeah, I'd probably yeah, I'd probably go a conquo over uh, Johnson there. Makes sense to me. Makes sense. I've been I've been a big fan of Akonkwo. He's just been really good so far. He's kind of fun to watch. It's it's nice to see. Tennessee has been such a inconsistent tight end place since they lost Johnny Smith and 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 even Johnny Smith wasn't super consistent. So I'm uh -huh. hoping that we get some sort of solution there. Uh, let's go to defenses. Uh, I'm going to be honest. It's not a great week to stream defenses. Uh, I, the only one that I actually kind of like is the Bengals at the Patriots. Uh, yeah. uh, now while. I don't expect the Patriots to do 17 laterals into a, a defensive touchdown this week. Lord have mercy. That was bad. I, I was, that's one of the worst plays I've ever seen. In the I NFL. feel bad for Jacoby Myers, but yeah, yeah, that, right. that was bad. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's unfortunately a, that's one that's going to stick with him for the rest of his career slash. That's a, that's a, you know, that's Leon. a butt fumble level. Yeah. Stuff type. Yeah. Oh, and that that Mac Jones on the field, like just just like this, like yeah. that's gonna that's gonna live in infamy. It's it's crazy. But uh Patriots, you know, they may not do that play again, but they are tied for eighth in the league in turnovers. Like that's a that's something the Patriots are doing this year. They are turning the ball over. The Bengals are tied for tenth in turnovers forced. So I think we're gonna see that. The other thing I think we're gonna see, um. Ramondre Stevenson is really the only positive thing happening for the Patriots on offense right now. And it's a very, po very positive thing. He's good on both sides. Uh, you know, he's good running the ball. He's good catching the ball, but that's it. And I think that the Bengals, if they can get out to an early lead and put it on Mac Jones, I think you're going to see those turnovers. And I think you're going to see uh, the Bengals come away with this one and have a good defensive performance. Uh, Logan Wilson playing like his old self after a rough first start to the year. Second half looks like the game-changing, rangy, playmaking linebacker that we all know and love. I absolutely adore Logan Wilson. Looking forward to watching the Bengals beat the Patriots this weekend. So that's the only one I kind of like. These other two, if you're desperate, I, I can talk myself into them. The Chargers at the Colts. Uh, Chargers aren't a good defense, right? But the last two weeks, they've stuffed the Titans, stuffed the Dolphins passing games. Two straight weeks. I know Derrick Henry did well, but uh, the passing game, Tennessee, really struggled last week against this Chargers D. Uh, they have five sacks over the last two games. Uh, and they've the Colts, they've been held in the teens in six of their last eight. And now they probably don't, or now they don't have Jonathan Taylor. Taylor, I think, went on IR. So he's out the rest of the year. Uh, the Colts lead the league with 27 turnovers. They're third in sacks allowed. I think that the Chargers are going to be able to keep this as a low-scoring game, and if they can stop turning the ball over themselves, I think that this is going to be one of those ones where you come out with a good, solid defensive outing against this uh, struggling Colts offense. And then if you need the Lions at the Panthers, uh, Lions, again, not a great defense, but they're getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and, uh, you know, if you force Sam Darnold to throw, you force him to try to win it. There's a high potential for turnovers there. Uh, the Lions' run defense has been better over the second half of the season, so that might force the Panthers into it. Uh, Nick Bodiford pointed out that Darnold has an 8.1% sack rate, and the Lions' pass rush, like I said, it's been solid. Aiden Hutchinson, 
Uh, that rookie is looking better and better. I think he has seven sacks on the year. So I, I don't love the defense, but it's not a bad matchup. And if you really need help, then uh, then that's good. And then I have a I have a quick little bonus. Uh, I kind of like either side of the Rams Broncos, but those defenses aren't always available. So I'm okay either way. And then the Jaguars against the Jets. I don't love that this week, but they get the Texans in week 17. So uh, not a bad stash option. Or if you can only roster one and you're looking at Chargers, Lions, Rams, Jags, go ahead and get the Jags because um, it's not that big of a delta this week and a really good, uh, really good stash for next week against Houston. Uh, let's talk uh, real quick. I just want to get Jen, your take. Um, Daniel was wondering about McKinnon and uh, this went way up. Yeah, thank you. Was wondering about uh, <laughs> McKinnon, Ramondre Stevenson, Austin Eckler, Kamara needs two of those. Uh, for me, Eckler and Stevenson, it's a must. I just wanted to know if you had a, any other take on that? No, I'd probably go the same too. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and Giovanni Kusina, uh, wants to know, uh, needs a running back too with Jonathan Taylor out. Dion Jackson's on the bench. Wants to know if, uh, they should go after Zach Moss. Yuck. Uh, I'm with you, Giovanni. I smell Merck. Chris, uh, which one would you prefer if you needed one of them? I know you've been a, a long time Zach Moss fan, but I know that <laughs> that may have, that may have waned in recent, uh, recent months. I would rather I, I would I would put in a claim like for Zach Moss because I would rather have him on my bench and then force myself to make the decision as to whether or not I'd start him versus letting my opponent pick him up and then start him against me. Like I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like I don't I don't care about like Zach Moss's talent, but the volume is enough that it should it might sway fantasy leagues. So I'd rather play keep away than just trying to say that, well, I don't like Zach Moss or I've never liked Zach Moss and I'm not going to pick him up. Like, I think that's the better way to approach it. Sure. Who uh, gun to your head? Which one which one are you probably starting if you need to this week? Pro probably Moss and I'm going to hate myself for it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Hey, you didn't look too bad last week. So it wasn't bad. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, appreciate that, Pina. Thanks to everyone. Who's, oh, we'll, we'll pick up one more question before we go. Apex of War got it in just over the wire. Latavius Murray or J.K. Dobbins for the RB2 position. Uh, Jen, do you have a thought on those two? Latavius Murray or J.K. Dobbins? Um, I probably, well, Murray is a better matchup, but I feel like I'd probably still go Dobbins. I mean, they're pretty close. Dobbins mispracticed today. Oh, he did? Yeah. But he's been uh, getting the sore. work. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was just sore. I think that's I mean, what Harbaugh said. Murray's kind of sneaky okay, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I don't think you can really go wrong with either one. I mean, I lean Dobbins, but, I, you know, you could talk me into either one. Okay. All right. Uh, Admiral Nita, I would probably go uh, – that's a tough one. I'd probably go Chiefs uh, versus Seattle just because they've been uh, a little bit more of a playmaking defense. So that that's that's where I would go there. Um, okay. All right. We're going to close out. Thank you so much, listeners, for uh, joining us, listening. Uh, I hope you crush your fantasy playoff matchups this week and get into the ship next next week. Uh, before I go, I want to remind you about our own John Paulson Start Sit event this Friday at 1220 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, he did this last week, and it was a, a great success and a lot of fun. So he's going to grace us with another one this week. He's going to host a 30-minute Start Sit Q&A. You won't want to miss it uh anyone can join in but only subscribers to our youtube channel can leave questions or comments uh stream opens at 12 20 p.m eastern standard time john will start the chat at 12 30 so go to our youtube home to home page that's youtube.com slash at four for four click that subscribe button 
and then tune in to ask John Paulson himself your start sit questions for week 16. Uh, thank you, Chris and Jen. Always a pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL, at Chris Allen FFWX, and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day.